greetings and welcome everyone to another episode of Sunrise Apologetics. And uh, it is a blessing to, uh, uh, if you're listening today, um, God uh, wanted to talk about something that has been in my mind here recently, a very important uh, Christian topic, and that is of repentance and its relationship with belief. Um, I was at a conference uh, recently um, where the instructor was teaching, and he, and he mentioned that too many times repentance comes off as a work, and many evangelists actually, be accidentally or sometimes maybe even on purpose, begin to teach a work salvation when they begin to explain repentance and the fact that you need to repent, and it stirred up just a little bit of a conversation. It was toward the end of the instruction, so and it, and it wasn't really the main point of the instruction, so you kind of had all that, you know, stuff together. Um, but it brought it got me thinking, you know, recently to the ways that we explain repentance, and, and, and of course, how does the New Testament view repentance? We we easily understand belief a lot of times, I think. We, we know what it means to believe in God or lack of belief in God. But repentance and its relationship with belief, especially in a text like Mark chapter 1. Um, Mark chapter 1, verse four, uh, verses 14 and 15 say, Now after Jesus was arrested, Jesus came, I'm sorry, John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And so the discussion about this text at, the, at this conference I was at, kind of uh, the instructor kind of made it sound like you didn't need to repent to be saved. Um, I didn't really understand him to be saying that or teaching that, but I think a couple of the other gentlemen there at the conference uh, at the meeting did, and it stirred up, I think, just a little bit of uh, controversy. Um, I, I didn't understand it to, to be talking about that. Uh, I, I think I, I really understood what he was getting at was that too often evangelists make it sound like you have to repent as if it was a work and uh, you don't, you know, we don't have a works-based salvation in Christianity, and that's true, and I fully agree with that. But I think there is a nuance that is easily mi- missed, and that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, in Mark chapter one, you have repentance uh, with belief separated by the Greek conjunction and. Um, in Greek, it's the word chi, and that conjunction provides continuity. So these these things are not separated in this text. They're not supposed. To, it's not supposed to be two separate thoughts. It's one thought put together. Um, repentance, uh, literally uh, translated, it's uh, the Greek word metanoia or metanoia or metanoiete, and it means to change one's mind. I change my mind. I change the inner man. The uh, the uh, uh, pocket lexicon by Alexander Suter says this, particularly with reference to the acceptance of the will of God by the mind instead of rejection. The giving up definitively of the courses denoted by the following words is indicated. So to change your ways and change your mind, um, this is what repentance means. And of course, belief is to believe in the gospel that is being preached, the gospel that Jesus was preaching. Um, And so when you see these things put together by the conjunction and, they're not supposed to be separated. And this is the way that I teach it, and this is the way that I I think is correct that you don't work your way to salvation. Don't misunderstand. You cannot work your way to heaven. You cannot work your way to salvation. You cannot work your way to God. You can't buy him. You can't swipe a credit card. None, none of that. But true belief is going to have works. 
It's going to have a change on the person's heart and soul. It's going to have an effect upon their life. Paul Washer, the great preacher, tells the uh, great analogy of going to a church that he's supposed to preach at and being late and coming to the church and telling the congregation after he's late that he's very sorry he was late, but he was run over by a semi-truck on the highway. And he said, the church wouldn't believe you. And in his analogy, he said, well, yes, I was. I was hit by a truck. And the church would go, no, if you were run over by a semi-truck, there would be evidence in your life, i.e. you'd be dead or you'd be in a body cast or just severely injured. And the same is true with salvation, that, that you don't work your way to heaven, but after you've been saved, there's going to be evidence. There's going to be uh, things revealing that you have, in fact, been saved, that you've been with God. And for Christ, for the New Testament, that is repentance. To change your ways from sin. To change your mind from following sin and willfully engaging in sin, that which God hates, and instead turning and chasing holiness pursuing righteousness, pursuing the things that God loves. Um, that's repentance, and it's, it is necessary for salvation. Um, why do we have to repent? Well, uh, another famous text, Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks after God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one. Not even one person does good. And this is the text that we so need to have in our minds when we're dealing with, with lost people, when we are dealing with people who say that they're Christian, but they're, the fruit of their life is not really there, is that we are all sinners before God. None of us seek to do good. No one is good on their own. Goodness, righteousness, these things only come from God above. Romans 3 is clear. You and I have sin, and this is why we need to repent, because that sin is destroying our souls, dragging us down to the pit of hell. No one does good, not even one. The change of mind that must take place because of sin is because none are good. All have turned away from God and embraced their sinful flesh. The change of mind must happen for salvation. The one whom the Holy Spirit comes will not remain in unbelief. And this is true. You will not stay in that same state. God is like the force of a semi-truck. And when it hits your life, hits your heart, it's going to have an impact. It's going to change your life. Again, you don't work your way to heaven. But true salvation works. It works on you. It works in your heart. It changes you. And this is how we know. So repentance should not be removed from belief. And... Uh, the, te- the instructor at the uh, conference that I was at did make a great point that, that go- Jesus is specifically talking to some Jews here who are waiting on the next kingdom. They're waiting on the Messiah to come. And of course, Jesus, as he tells the woman at the well in John 4, I who am speaking to you am he, that he's telling them to change their minds from their unbelief and believe. So he's tying it right to belief. I think that's certainly correct. Um, That's why, again, they're tied together. They're not supposed to be separated. And this is a nuanced point. This is not something that that we should be breaking fellowship over just exactly how you understand repentance. I don't think there's any Christian who's going to argue that repentance is unnecessary. Um, It's just how some people understand works and accusing uh, work salvation. 
And I, I mean, most of the time I found work salvation is not really in something you say. It's often just in a lifetime of, of going to church, being, you know, culturally Christian, kind of doing the church God stuff. You know, this is works-based salvation. I'm going to try to work my way to heaven by being good and doing good deeds. But God does want us to do good deeds. He wanted, He does want us to have righteousness, holiness. Um, Romans uh, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 say this, If you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. I mean, this is how we know that we are truly saved, is that we have believed in our heart, and we've confessed with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is how you would know. Lost people don't do this. Uh, those who follow uh, false religions do not do this. They do not believe Jesus Christ is Lord. It's easy to believe in God. Every other religion believes in a God. Well, the ones that claim a deity. Yeah, almost every person in America says, oh, I believe in God. It's Jesus Christ who is the dividing line. You know, his, the belief in him is, uh, as Lord. Um, the, in, in his commentary, John Grasmick says this about Mark 1, 15. Repentance and faith, belief, are bound together in one piece, not temporarily su- successive acts. To repent is to turn away from an existing object of trust, i.e. oneself. To believe is to commit oneself wholeheartedly to an object of faith. Thus, to believe in the good news meant to believe in Jesus himself as Messiah, the Son of God. He is the content of the good news. Only by this means can one enter or receive as a gift the kingdom of God. And I think Grasmick is right. Repentance and belief are bound together. In the language of Greek, the conjunction is uh, uh, and, which implies continuity. Repentance and belief should not be separated. They should not be torn apart what God has rightfully put together. And I, and I understand it too, because many people will say, well, you know, that sounds like works-based salvation, that you have to repent before you can even believe. Um, and, and no, God is putting these things together. The language puts the w- two words together. You know, reverse it in your mind and ask yourself this question. A person who truly believes God, is God not going to have that belief in them then begin to repent and change them from being a sinner to a saint? If you answered yes, and that sounds correct to you, then you have no problem with Mark 1. You have a problem with an American English cultural understanding. In the Greek language, these words are not separated. They're, 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 they're together. This is one thought that you will repent and believe. And why? Well, for a text that many people struggle have struggled over, but James chapter 2 verse starting in verse 14. James says, "What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Does faith save you if it does not work?" And and another way we could say this, does faith save you if that faith doesn't do anything for you? If it doesn't change your heart, if it doesn't give you a desire for God, his church, his scripture, his people, is that a saving faith? James is saying no. 
Verse 15, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. James 2.17. This verse has caused so much controversy, but I think it is so easy to understand. And I'm not trying to sound arrogant. If you say you're a Christian, okay, so so if I was going to declare to you that I'm a pastor, you would imagine that definition of that word in your mind about what a pastor does, and you maybe would ask me, what church do you preach at? And if my response was, oh, nowhere, you might be like, huh, well, what church have you been preaching at? Uh, I haven't preached at one. Well, what, where did you study? What, did you study the Bible at school at all? No. Well, do you study the Bible? You know, like just, you know, devotion during the day. And I said, no. Eventually, you would begin to question my statement of my being a pastor, and the reason you would question it is because I don't have any demonstrate de- de- demonstrative abilities of being a pastor. It would be like if I said I was a car mechanic. And he said, oh, can you take a look at my engine? And I, and I said, no, I can't do that. Or I took a look at your engine and I said, I have no idea. I can't fix it. I haven't been able to give you anything. I haven't, haven't been able to prove at all that what I'm saying is true. And it's the same way with Christianity. How many people in America, North America, claim to be Christian? But if you ask them, well, where do you go to church? I don't go to church. Well, what have you been studying in the Bible? I don't really read the Bible. Well, have you been praying and talking to God? I don't really pray. The person who says I'm a Christian, you know, I'm saved, but they have no means of demonstrating it. James is saying their faith is dead because it doesn't do anything. And God's Holy Spirit does things. It accomplishes the will of God the Father. It accomplishes the will of the Son of salvation. It accomplishes the will of sanctification for God's people. God's Holy Spirit gets the work done. So we cannot say that, oh, this person's a Christian. They have no spiritual fruit. They're as dead as the tree that Jesus curses in the gospel. But, oh, they're a Christian. And why? Well, they, they say so. This is why uh, James goes on, and, and, and look at this now. I mean, this is, this is for the person who, oh, you know, I believe. You just got to believe. Verse 18, someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Even the demons believe in God. It is not enough to just say, oh, I believe in God. But your life doesn't demonstrate that you have any belief in God. That belief is false. That faith, that a faith that doesn't do anything, doesn't witness of the gospel, doesn't demonstrate a spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, a faith that never goes to church, never reads the Bible, never prays, that faith is dead. And good riddance. For this is no kind of faith at all. No kind of faith at all. To say, oh, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but I don't do anything in my life. There's no actions whatsoever that prove the statement, I am a Christian, to be true. See, this is convicting because there's a lot of people out there who say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm saved, I'm with God, I, you know, I go to church, 
but their faith is dead. I think they know in their hearts that their Christianity is cultural. It's not truly spiritual. And this is why this is so convicting for them. This faith cannot save you. This faith doesn't save. This is not a faith of Jesus Christ. Because even demons believe. But they are not saved. Verse 20. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active among his works, and faith was completed by his works. Scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. See, many people will run back to Genesis 15 and say, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him righteousness. That's all you have to do is just believe God. But James makes the complete point, which is why you must take all scripture and put it together. Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him righteousness. His works completed his faith. They were started by faith. Faith completes itself by the work of God and the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer And then that faith will eventually bring that believer to the throne of God where their salvation will be made perfect and complete. You do not work your way to heaven, but your salvation had better work or it's not real. It was real for Rahab. Look at this next part in James. Verse 24, you see a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. James is being so clear and so simple here that if you say, I have faith, but you have no works of Christianity, godliness, holiness in your life, then that is not real Christian faith. You are deluded, you are confused, you have been misled. Real Christian faith works. And this is why, going back to repentance and belief, God ties these two words together. Because your belief must have repentance with it. It must be put together. Because even the demons believe, but they do not repent. Repentance is actually the dividing line for true Christians and those who are not. Because a lot of people can say, I believe. But if their life doesn't change, if they have no means of demonstrating that they have spiritual fruit, then their faith is false. And, and again, it's, it's so easy for someone to accuse me, you know, or accuse James as was done in history. A famous reformer called the epistle of James the epistle of straw because he didn't like it in its message. It's so easy to accuse me of promoting a works-based salvation. And if, if you want to, go ahead. But I'm telling you what James is telling you, that if your faith doesn't work, then your faith is dead. And why is this so important? What's the reason to be so you know, adamant about this? Well, it's in Hebrews chapter 12, verses, uh, verse 14. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness of without which no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, you will not see God. This is why repentance is needed with belief. 
because repentance is the beginning of sanctification, that which makes us holy, and God will complete this work when he brings us to heaven with him. See, it's not completed yet. We still have sin. We still have this flesh, and it will not be removed until we stand before God on judgment day. And he will say to the one who believed in him and repented of sin, well done, my good and faithful servant. Repentance and belief in Christ is the true way of salvation. I hope this blesses you. And if you're confused about this and you know me personally, if you, you know, if you go to my church or if you, if you know me, then give me a call, shoot me, send me a message. I'd love to discuss this more. You know, if, if you're thinking that I, you're, you're preaching a works-based salvation, please hear my words. You cannot work your way to heaven. But when, you, when a person believes in God truly, heaven begins to work in them. God bless you. And if you're listening to me today and you, you never believed before, you don't kind of have this kind of Christian you know, background, then I'm going to tell you what Mark 1, 15 tells you. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. Change your ways. Change your mind. And believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. This is the gospel. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ.